1: Ladies and gentlemen, after many requests, thousands, hundreds of thousands, we've finally done it. We've sat down here, set up our little studio, and are recording an episode of Pipe It Up. Uh, it's been a long time coming. We're about 80 episodes deep, and uh, never filmed one. We've always been uploading to you know, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, that kind of thing, and we have you know, our core fans, but we thought it'd be fun to uh, give the YouTube audience a little bit of exposure for those who didn't know we existed. So uh, for those that are new... This is the Pipe It Up podcast. Cue the intro.
2: All
1: right. Sitting next to me, as always, is the lovely Jack Agner. Jack, welcome to the show. Happy welcome, be here. welcome to my home, my parents' home. Yeah. Um, this is a little different for us. We're used to the Schultz's basement. We make the switch tonight to uh, come over here. A little bit of a setup. We brought over the uh, handmade MLW flag. And um, you know a little bootleg podcast setup. I don't know. What do you think? I love it. It's got, a great vibe. We got producer Kyle here, it's comfy uh, down here, the, getting the close-ups for us. <laughs> and we got the other camera on a tripod. So hey, you can set up whatever you want. I actually looked into um, getting like an actual podcast studio for this episode, mm-hmm. for a little you know a different look, a little more professional setup. Because we actually have one local to us, and um, you know I'm not gonna call them out. I don't want to bash their business or anything. But guess how much this would have cost us to film? To rent? Yeah. T- for all, all they had was a one-month option. Oh, okay. You could do one a week there. Guess how much the price was?
3: For a month? Yeah. Mm, like five grand? Okay, no. Is that Not, high? That's, that's a little high. Okay. But
1: I still think it was too high. It ended up being, including, they were going to record it for you, and I think they were going to edit your podcast and your footage. Okay. It was once per week, for so four weeks, mm-hmm. and it was $600.
3: Oh, wow. I was way off. You,
1: you were really high, <laughs> but in my opinion, the reason we didn't do it, because that's still too high. Yeah, that's I'm pretty high. I'm thinking, in my head, if you're starting a podcast, let's say, yeah. um, and you want to buy yourself a camera, audio interface, and a couple microphones, you know, that'll maybe, if you get like... Nice stuff, not really cheap stuff. If you get decently nice stuff, not top of the line, not the worst, but stuff that's good enough, mm-hmm. it'll probably run you around, I'd say, two grand, maybe a little more. So that would only be four months in the podcast studio. Right. And yeah, I guess they edit it for you and stuff like that. But it's me, just invest it in your own, then you could use it for years. Instead, Absolutely. <laughs> instead yeah. of paying $600 a month, I mean, that's a nice car payment right there. Yeah. Yeah. But
3: and you can do it somewhere simple like here in your basement. Well, that's what I was
1: telling Kyle. is like, If that was located in like a major city, or maybe like celebrities and big names are passing through, it's like okay, let's meet at this studio and record. It makes sense, and they have big budgets too for that kind of that kind of thing. But for like a local podcast like us, like no. I can't see that being an option. So that's I why I was surprised yeah. they have one local to us because we're not in like a major city or anything like that. That's
3: pretty cool. I didn't even know that was in the area. Yeah.
1: Um, I'm curious to see how long they stay in business. Well, once
3: we get to the be the big time, then I maybe know. we'll have when we have some, some pretty famous guests on. Yeah. Once we're bringing
1: on Tom Brady, to the Pipehead yeah. podcast, then yeah. we'll, we'll be sure to get a studio. So uh, I, I, I dream of that day coming up soon. But um, we got a fun show planned out for everybody today, Jack. I wanted to make this episode special. Yeah. Obviously, we're recording it. Uh, it's a different, different feeling. I'm a little nervous, to be honest. I'm not used to I'm the a little cameras. nervous, too.
3: I'm not used I'm to, a little to the nervous camera's nervous pointing
1: too. at us. It's usually just me <laughs> and Jack sitting in some hoodies, hoods up, just talking on a Monday evening. Now we're doing this. Um, and it, we've got the bright lights on us, we got the cameras rolling. It's a lot different feeling, but I wanted to plan a good show. So we got some guests lined up, we got some um, fun segments lined up, and other things that are a little bit out of the ordinary if you pipe it up. But we had to bring the best of the best today, right? And um, I'm hoping you guys enjoy the show. I mean, it's definitely a different kind of upload for us. Kind of similar to what we did on MLW Live years ago, Mm -hmm. which then kind of evolved into this weekly podcast that we do now. And now we're bringing it back to YouTube for uh, a little bit of a trial run, I'd say. So let us know if you guys like it. Um, But me and Jack got a monitor in front of us here. And uh, we'll pop up everything that we're seeing for you guys to see on the screen. But the first thing we wanted to do is review some of the best MLW memes from the past season. So I reached out to a big fan of ours. Um, I think his Instagram is darkmlw. Oh yeah. Very active in the MLW Twitch chat, the Discord, that kind of stuff. So I reached out to him and said, "Hey, send me a bit of your favorite MLW memes from the past <laughs> year, so me and Jack can react to them live." And, oh um, gosh. So I got him up here on
3: the monitor. Jack, are you ready? I'm ready. I can only imagine All what right. these are going to be. All
1: right, here's the first one. It's a. It's, good. <laughs> <laughs> it's Liam Jackson. Say it's, like, it's game three and then the magic logo. No. <laughs> I mean, I feel bad for Liam on this because but honestly, this could apply uh, to me too. I, I went in there a couple times early in the season as a number two pitcher and just did horrible. And I'm sure the Mallards fan base is like, oh god, not again. But I think tough. I think me and Kyle at the meadows, everyone watching at home saw Liam taking the mound for a second or third time and were like Oh boy. Here yeah. we go again. Yep, here yeah. we go
3: again. It was a tough it was a tough season uh, on the mound for LJ, but you know, we made some moves, got it done.
1: Yeah, I mean I felt for the kid and I, like I said, I had a very similar experience this year to where I felt like I was pretty you know, I'm not saying I was elite in 2019 or in twenty twenty, but yeah. um you know, me and Liam were both solid the year in the year prior. Yeah. And coming out this year neither one of us could find the strike, so it was painful to, for him to watch, for him to play and I'm I'm sure, but he's a great kid. And, uh, that's I'm funny. Lucky for him though, Magic got Bonham, so I don't think he'll have to do much yeah. more pitching in the future.
3: Probably but, not. Uh,
1: Liam, we feel for you. Sorry, buddy. It's but, good. To, uh, <laughs> it's good to at
3: least look back and be able to laugh on <laughs> it. to just sure. joke about it.
1: That's all. <laughs> all right. Speaking of bad pitching, how about this one? No one, not a soul. <laughs> pitching delivery. I got to roll a clip of Shima pitching. I'll be honest. I saw this meme and was like, is it really that bad? Oh. When you watch him throw it, he literally shot puts it's it. And the bad. sad thing is, is he almost beat the Mallards. He almost <laughs> beat my team. We were losing up until the last... We were down to our last out. And then we got a little rally together. But the guy looked like he had never thrown a baseball, a wiffle ball I, in his life.
3: I can't I can't even really make fun of him because mine is is not much better. And uh, <laughs> I'm, I can't even begin to locate the strike zone. So. I give Shima this credit. This is a pretty funny I meeting. give
1: him credit for going out there in front of thousands of people watching online yeah. and giving it his best. And he almost got a win. Absolutely. He really got close. Absolutely. All right, moving on. Oh, Kyle. <laughs> this graphic. I've seen this graphic in a, a couple graphic. times. I think when Kyle first posted this, he uh, there was someone who commented like, gosh, I thought Kyle died for a second. <laughs> 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 because of the black and white and he's looking down. But oh, it's tough.
3: That's pretty fun. It's oh god, that's so like. That's.
1: I mean, it's a. It's cool, just hilarious. It's, a, it's a cool picture, and I when I first saw yeah. the black and white filter, I thought it was sweet. But then once some, once some people started talking about how it looked like depressing, like I kind of saw well, it too.
3: I was gonna say like to me in color this picture is like a, a really dope picture, mm-hmm. but as soon as you put this filter on it, it does look pretty it, sad. <laughs> <laughs> it, looks, it looks like Kyle is uh, is contemplating many things that have just happened.
1: Yeah. It looks like a picture that like Bleacher Report posts in like, Breaking. Bre- Kyle yeah. Schultz has been released Bre- by the yeah. Western Wildcats. Kind of thing.
3: <laughs> breaking. Kyle Schultz will be placed on IR <laughs> yeah. for the rest of the season. That's exactly
1: what it looks like, but yeah. no, I think this is a perfect little caption for it. That's funny. Alright, another Wildcat here. Victim of a dark meme. I mean, Sailor's a scary hitter, and I I mean, I I see why. If I'm pitching to that guy and I saw that face, I'm not sure what I would do. (laughs) Dude,
3: he, Sailor, I was not, I'm honestly not surprised to see a meme of Sailor's face on this Mm -hmm. because some of the faces he makes when he hits and when he strikes out Mm -hmm. are just all-time. There were a couple... Uh, that I had seen on, like, TikTok or whatever of the best pitches. Mm-hmm. And I think it was Dan. One yep. with Dan. Yeah, it was Oklahoma. Him. Yeah. N- Nick is just all time with the faces. He's always locked in, but that's that's hilarious. That's a great meme right there. Mm-hmm. Never zero. Never zero. Okay. Shout out, Nick. Have we heard a from shout Nick out yet? Nick.
1: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> at the time of we've heard from him? Okay. Good, we, good, we've good. made contact with Nick yeah, Okay. That's good. Okay. Yeah, he's a scary kid. Um, not, not, he's a nice kid, but he makes not a murderer. Yeah, he's not. He's not a murderer, and he's he's alive and well. Apparently, we've heard from him. So, next. Oh Dan. Oh Dan. Oh Dan. This is when Dan first grew the beard, coming into the 2021 season, and I think it was a shock to people because when he <laughs> when he exited the previous season, and then he showed him in the documentary, Dan just has this big bushy beard, and everyone's like, "Whoa!" <laughs> <laughs> that was in the off season, so that's why this meme makes so much sense. But now it's even fuller than that. Now Dan's got a great beard now. Is he growing it back
3: out again? Oh, it's it's thick. I last, seen time I it. last time I saw it,
1: last time I saw it was very thick.
3: I think people just don't like to see Dan cause they with the beard because they know him as like exactly. the younger brother. Like well, you that's know. why I
1: think it came as a shock because you've yeah. been watching us for so long. Think of Dan as yeah the ten year old kid of right, the Eagles, right? And then when they saw Dan come out with the documentary and the full beard, they're like, "Gosh, that's what hilarious. happened to little Dan." He
3: did. He did clean it up though when MLW started. Oh yeah, he that's did. He, he cleaned it up a bit.
1: Yeah. it was it was it was his uh. That was his winter coat, the the beard.
3: I can't hate on Dan too much as a beard man, oh, I, letting it go untamed for a minute. Nothing I, wrong with I've been it. very guilty. you got to so. let it
1: go every once in a while yeah. just to see what you can do. You right, know I
3: mean? yeah, yeah. You have to let it I've see tried. its potential. I, should,
1: <laughs> I don't know if I can do this to myself, but I should pop up a picture right now of me trying to grow facial hair. I once let my mustache go for like seven days, and it was... I was a threat to society. Really?
3: <laughs> really? No,
1: in a bad way. Oh, I'd <laughs> like to so see that. So <laughs> All right. All Next. right. Let's see. Oh. <laughs> I've
0: seen this the one. Kirti clan. I've seen this Where one. Where are you at? Dude, oh, Curdy. but
1: Curdy. Can you believe Dude, that? That was so Jimmy, awesome. That's what makes it so funny. I've said this before on older <laughs> episodes, but like Norp having the season of like the league, like the best season we've ever seen from any single player, mm-hmm. and then Curdy comes out there, doesn't even get that much playing time, hits a walk off bomb to keep the magic in the hunt.
3: Yeah, in a c- moment, it's uh, it's like you couldn't even make that story up, you, you know, couldn't. if you tried. He's just this kid has been a walking meme <laughs> the whole season. Comes in at such a big moment. I don't really
1: know him that well, but he seems like a like hilarious that. guy. Maybe he's. Maybe awesome I, he's awesome yeah, he he's uh super nice.
3: he's a great yeah he's a great uh great sport to have on the team mm-hmm. and it was i was so happy for him when he hit that oh me awesome. too
1: i was i'm so mad i missed one regular season series all year of mlw that and it. that was the one and i was so upset. so high i know one of the most electric Everyone's moments me in after, my like, career yeah you and kyle were texting me like dude you just missed the moment of the year i'm like you gotta <laughs> be kidding me of course absolutely yeah, that's, just it was crazy. That, that's just how that one went Thanks again to Dark for providing us with these memes. Um, go check him out on Instagram for more content like this. Um, he had to throw one final jab at me and one final meme, I guess you could say. Um, here's a screenshot of our messages. He said, also, don't forget the best meme of them all, the 2021 Mallard season. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I can't, I can't be too upset about it. But, I mean, let's talk about that. Why not? We'll talk about Why the not? Mallard season. Um, it was a rough one. And I think for a multitude of reasons, even though we started off 2-1, feeling good. Started off 3-1, beat the Predators too. And then we ended up losing, what, our next, (laughs) we lost 10 games in a row and then we won one to end the year off of of Shima, so off of the shot put pitcher. The shot put. So I wanted to uh, bring Caden on the show today, talk about the Mallard season a little bit with me as he was kind of my partner in crime this year out there, blowing games with me um i wanted to get caden here in person actually but we got a little winter ice storm here in michigan so he was unable to make the trip but we got him virtually um let's see if we can get him in here all right caden welcome to the show my man
0: thanks for having me
1: appreciate you coming on um for the first ever filmed episode of pipe it up so it's a big deal we're glad to have you here as our first guest
0: glad to be on let's do it
1: okay so we just went through a series of memes about MLW provided to us from a fan, and um, we concluded with him saying the largest meme of the 2021 season was the Midwest Mallards. So I wanted to bring you on here. First of all, I'll introduce you to the piping Up listeners, as well as just, just talk about last year. I mean, I think it's, it's not even the elephant in the room at this point. I've made plenty of jokes about it as we finished 4-11, but let's just go to the beginning. Um, I draft you. I, we have very high hopes for our team, obviously, and we start off 3-1. and one. Did you think you yep. had a chance to, like, win the whole thing at that point? Because that's kind of how I was feeling. I'm like, dang, we're rolling.
0: <laughs> yeah, I was like, after the first Preds game, I was like, man, we just scratched. We already beat Kyle, Sailor and them
2: mm-hmm.
0: in a series. And I was like, all right, well, I mean, if we win this series, I feel like four 4-2 at worst. Yeah. I, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. we'll be fine. Yeah. And then... The wheels kind of started to fall off
1: a little bit. <laughs> we lost, we lost <laughs> the all four well. wheels. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we were grinding down the road. But um, I don't know. Like you've played a lot of wiffle ball in other leagues, other tournaments around the years, and this isn't going to hurt my feelings at all. But just like after those first four games, like what do you think went wrong, or just a combination of everything?
0: Uh, after our first four, after um, the first four, yes. I don't know. It's I, I think we got. I almost like too comfortable you know mm-hmm. what i mean like i was satisfied like with where we were and like we didn't improve anymore and then like everybody else is improving as the year went along mm-hmm. uh, and i think we just everybody was like coming off of like not playing football for a long time so everybody was just kind of like blah, like you know what i mean mm-hmm. no one was in the flow yet and we kind of like started out like already in a flow and then like we didn't continue like growing i guess yeah. would be the way that i felt
1: yeah i mean it's a good insight i feel like it's it's true um it also there was a lot of things that went wrong like caden said but we just we lost our flow i think was a good thing to say we were very out of sync Mm -hmm. and you know me and caden didn't really know each other at all before like we met each other opening day our first game we met we had Mm -hmm. talked on the phone for like 30 seconds before that that was it didn't know him and i didn't see you at all the entire summer besides our games so i was with this kid five times the whole year didn't know him and like Honestly, same with Trevor. Like, me and Trevor were never really together outside of the game. So, like, team chemistry thing, we saw the D-backs had it so strong. So yeah. we, really, mm-hmm. we really didn't have it in the Maller's organization, which is my fault mainly. But it also sucked because I was, like, always scared to go out and practice because I was hurt. You know, I had right. that strained peck last year. So, right, not only was I not performing for my team as good as I should be because I can't pitch. You know, I, I could pitch, but I didn't practice at all the offseason because I was hurt. I also was being mm-hmm. a crappy manager because I was always, like, scared to organize practices and stuff like that. Or, you know, just... It was just hard for me to get hyped up, you know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. I was always out there in the back of my head saying, don't hurt yourself because mm-hmm. it's not worth you know, getting too hurt. So yeah. maybe I should have sat out last year. I don't, really don't know, but we got through it, and um, I think I did get more confident hitting at least, so that should be a plus moving forward. But fast yeah. forwarding to near the end of the year, Caden, where the wheels have fallen off. We're now at this point, we are 3-9, <coughs> and nine, I believe, heading into our final series. When I yep. texted you, we were going to trade Trevor Bonham. Was that a move you were in favor of, or did you think, what is Tommy doing?
0: Um, I was like – well, I was sad because Trevor and I, like, we – I mean, we all kind of grew a little bit as teammates, and mm-hmm. we were excited to play together. But I was like, well, I trust whatever you decide. Um, and if that's what's going to hopefully help us in the future, you know what I mean, like, I'm fine with that. And I think Trevor, like, it was – like the best of both worlds. I think he's really happy mm-hmm. with where he's at while also being sad of leading too. So like I think it was like almost bittersweet. Yeah. But like I think it'll work out um in the long run for us possibly. Depends on what happens, you know, next year and we'll see. Yeah, I know. Um,
1: I mean it was definitely a risk. I'm not it wasn't like I was yeah it's not like this is the NFL where you see these college football prospects coming up saying, Okay, <laughs> we're gonna trade for these draft picks, knowing we're gonna go after this guy. You know what I mean? I wish right. it was that like black and white, but it's harder to find these diamonds in the rough of these Wiffle ball players right, coming right. up. But at the same <laughs> time, just like with the chemistry and everything, yeah, I just felt like it was probably mutually beneficial for both sides for us to just wipe the slate clean of this year's rottenness and also let Trevor go play <laughs> with some of his friends he's had for, you know, the better part of his life. And right. on a team that's in playoff contention after he's having his best year. And that way you and I yeah. can just come back next year with hopefully a good couple counterparts and uh, yeah. turn this ship around because, I don't know, like I said, I thought, especially with me being healthy, I feel like we had three great players. Like, I thought, I'm not saying you still aren't, time will tell, but I thought, like, <laughs> you, I thought you were the best player coming out of the draft class. I was like, I have the best guy at number two here. Um, I thought Trevor was becoming an elite arm in the league. I was a veteran. I was like, we, have, we are so talented. And mm-hmm. I felt that way even when we were losing games. But it just wasn't, yeah. it just wasn't working, you know? It really just yeah. wasn't working, so why not try to shake things up? maybe I'm not gonna speak this into existence, but if next year goes worse, I guess it's my <laughs> it's my fault. <laughs> but
3: do you think that do you think that both you guys, like uh since Wiffleball we've talked about it so much how Wiffleball is just a game of inches and, you know, a couple of plays a different way can, can really change the outcome of the season. Mm-hmm. Do you think your problems were rooted? Deeper than that, or you guys just kind of got unlucky a little bit this year with you know, if, with more games than you had hoped. Obviously,
1: mm-hmm. um, I, go ahead, Kate. Uh,
0: ahead. I think start. it was just like a combination. Sorry, Tom. I think it was a combination of like both. I guess, like, it almost like snowballed. Like, a couple of our losses yeah. were like one run or. Like, you know, something happened and then we couldn't come back from it. And then, like, it was just like, oh my God, it happened again. Yeah, and then it happened kind of a again. And like, thing. oh my gosh, yeah. like, this sucks, man. Like, what are we doing? Yeah. And then, like, it was just a snowball effect. And then we were just kind of like almost like in that mindset, oh crap, when's it going to happen again? You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. yeah, I can see that. The
1: big switch that I felt too was it felt like when we came out being the season, you know, it was a very new team for me. I'm used to having Noah and Steve next to me. And now it was Trevor and you. Um so it was already a very new look team. But it felt like we were all kind of feeding off of each other early on in the season. I think it's we set the tone opening day when I made those errors and then Trevor hit a go-ahead grand slam. I was like, wow, like he just picked up yeah. big time. And that wasn't something Trevor was doing in his rookie season. You know, he didn't have the big hits like that. So it was awesome and I was super excited. I was like, wow, Trevor just hit a clutch grand slam there. And then yeah. moving on to the pred series, the very first game, we get down in the hole after Trevor gave up a few runs, and then me and you both homered to give us that win. I'm like, wow, we're finding a way to win these tough games. Mm -hmm. But then once we lost a couple – call those Preds losses what they were. You know, We lost those two games, whatever. I don't think we did anything terribly wrong there. Um, Moving on to the next series, though, I feel like we just – after we lost another one to make it three in a row, we kind of just lost our confidence as a team, especially Mm -hmm. at the plate, to whereas it felt like the match I was playing on in 2020, where I was like, okay – if I don't get this hit here, if I don't hit a home run, then we're screwed because everyone else is striking out. I think all three of us in that lineup felt like that because no one was getting the big hit anymore. So it was just a lot of pressure, <laughs> and it wasn't like a great environment. It was like, dang, like every, all we're all just striking out. Like Everyone was trying to be the hero type of thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. Kind I agree.
3: A, kind of just a domino effect all around yeah. of the season. It was not, yeah.
1: it was not good. But No, uh,
0: it's it's <laughs> done.
1: I'm excited, though, for the opportunity to prove some people wrong moving forward, you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, right. This is definitely an important draft for us, and me and Caden as well. Like, we've grown a lot as friends since the conclusion of this season because, like I said, we only yeah. hung out at the Meadows briefly um, during mm-hmm. those games. Mm-hmm. But then, kind of by accident, we ended up having to travel together to the tournament, the MLW Wiffleball tournament in Peoria, Illinois. So right. that was six hours both ways. It just Caden and I in a car together. So that yeah. forced us to like get to know each other and become better friends. It was great bonding. Yeah. We, we, that needed was awesome. that, we needed that road trip before the season started. You know what I mean? <laughs> right, right, right. So I think that was probably a great thing long-term for our relationship and for our team chemistry. But um, how important is this draft for us, Caden? We have two picks here, crucial picks, obviously, including the number one overall thing. So we no longer have Trevor. We know that I have the yeah. potential to pitch. We've seen that you can get it over. What do you mm-hmm. think? what's going to save this franchise? What's going to help us turn it around completely?
0: Um, I think, I mean, like you said, it's kind of hard with a diamond in a rough, but just like two guys that, I mean, obviously are good at wiffle ball. Um, and that I don't think necessarily can do it all, but are like good at certain things that can like piggyback off of what you and I have shown now that we haven't done it all the time. Like last season, it was only here and there, but like that, can bond quickly with us. Cause like you said, like, that was part of the thing too. Like we just weren't all together the whole time. Mm-hmm. So like being able to like just kind of mesh really quick and then being able to, you know, kind of feed off of what we don't necessarily do well or someone that can step up when someone else is down like the entire season. So it's kind of hard to determine that when you don't really know like a draft class mm-hmm. that well, but yeah. Just something like along we're on, those lines. We're, we're
1: on the hunt. I'm a, I'm on the prowl, looking for a potential couple of birds out there. You know what I mean? I like Put it. On the duck uniform. Uh, <laughs> definitely a lot a of pressure. Of oh, it's important. I feel it. I, I hear the uh, the little jabs I get from the fans of the tournament saying, "What happened? <laughs> what happened to the mallards, Tommy?" I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> no, <I'm> trying <laughs> I'm trying to I'm trying to forget phenos. about that. You know what I mean? So, well, but. I think, I think the, <laughs>
3: one of the underlying stories here from this season was just morale and chemistry. I mean, we've said it a few yeah. times. So I think regardless of, of who you draft this year, uh, it's going to have to be mandatory that you guys go to Brighton Bowl and build a little so. bit of chemistry yeah. at least twice maybe before yeah. the season starts get that in there, um, you know, start jelling a little bit.
1: It's definitely important and something I was uh, lacking because I guess I was never put in that situation, you know. Yeah. I was always playing with my friends, and, mm-hmm. you know, it is just whiffable. ball. And it's hard to make time and, you know, make it a priority to try to get people together who live, you know, maybe an hour apart each of us. So But um, yeah. I think it's it's crucial, you know. It's, it's crucial to try to make that relationship because when Kyle and I were playing together, it was easy. Oh, yeah. Know? that was I mean, you guys are neighbors. Seem- seamless chemistry. You know, yeah. to their whole lives. Same thing with <laughs> Noah and my other Mallers teammates like Steve. Um even brought in Austin Ford, Nate Lies, guys like that. Like I've known them for years and mm-hmm. years. So it was a whole lot different when I knew Trevor for, you know, like I said, five games the previous year and then just Caden we met that day. So it's been yeah. a big transition, a good learning experience I guess, and um the one positive out of it is I can potentially if we can turn this thing around, it'd be a pretty cool story. So yeah, absolutely. I'm not yeah. I told Jack already on this podcast once before that, you know. I don't think wiffle ball, pitching, and wiffle ball is not something I would recommend anyone do for their entire life, especially if you're playing fast pitch competitive wiffle ball. But yeah. and you know, I'm at the point where saying, yeah, I could just draft a pitcher and not throw anymore like I did last year because I was hurt. You know, why try to relearn? But I feel like I owe it to myself. I owe it to this game to try to. Try, I gotta give this one more shot. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I yeah. know you have it. And I said time. I was gonna start January first. Now we're past the new year. A little bit but then i hurt my knee curling it's better now but um, now <laughs> you see this jack you see this uh, in my face yeah that's uh, another injury i gotta tell you about oh god <laughs> but, um anyway oh my goodness that's it's a minor it's all minor we're, we're healthy King. <laughs> we're healthy over here we had a good <laughs> le- leg workout yesterday and uh i gotta um i gotta get back in the lab get back on the mound and uh figure this thing out because i think if we if we want to be good we need to have two arms and i probably should be one of them so
0: I think a lot of the things that happened after our last series, like have been good to, towards what we need to do, like having the national tournaments and mm-hmm. like our road trip out to Illinois, like they're all trending in the right direction at least. So yeah. yeah. Which is buy good. Mallard stock right now. If buy you're it. smart, buy, the, buy, the dip. It. <laughs> buy
1: it right
3: now, <laughs> buy it right now. Cause it's about to go to the moon. Yeah. I
1: hope so. I hope so. I'll do what I, do what I can. a little insider trading there, if you know what I mean. But, Caden, thanks for joining us, man. It was good to see you. Uh, Bummer you couldn't be here in person today, but glad we could get you on the line, and uh, looking forward to next year, man.
0: Yeah, thanks, man. Appreciate it. See you guys. Thanks, Caden. Talk to
1: you later. All right, Jack, bringing it back in here. Um, Obviously, a big draft for the Mallards, as we just talked about, but um, other teams have a lot at stake, too, here. What other, you think, teams have the most pressure, I guess, like, heading into the draft? for next year?
3: Um, hmm. Well, you know, other than the Mallards, I think uh, two teams that I don't know if pressure is the right word, but this draft's very important for them, mm-hmm. uh, in my opinion would be the Predators and the Cobras. Um, okay. the, the Predators have the second pick I believe, uh, similar to the Mallards last mm-hmm. year and, um, you know, obviously they fell short of making the playoffs this year. Uh, mm-hmm. I think a big reason for that was just their lack of support at the plate um, for Ryan Cratch mm-hmm. on the mound. Ryan kind of, you know, got dinged a little bit by the fans. A lot of people didn't think that he was having really his best year, which maybe it wasn't. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think a, a, a lot of it had to do with just the Preds not getting those timely hits as they had in years past. Yeah, that's um, true. So I think the Preds, you know, could, if they if they are able to find another really solid clutch hitter uh, in this draft could easily go from a team who didn't make the playoffs back into that World Series talk, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, you know, I was going to say the Preds, too, this is an important draft for them. But I also think, too, just next year for the Preds is important in general because yeah. it's a talented team. You know, yes. they, got, they got McGlade in free agency last year. Um, turned out to be a pretty good pickup for them. Yes. The kid could had no problem throwing strikes, threw right at the top of the speed limit, you know, and kept hitters off balance as kind of a new, new arm in the league. But Crash, on the other hand, I think got frustrated by the speed limit a bit. And you saw it play a part in some of those key series late down the stretch in last year. So if he can adjust to that, kind of clear his head mentally to the point where he refocuses, um, yeah, makes a serious commitment to adjusting to that and learning how to be effective with it, um, I think he's you know, still I th- a saw Young candidate. He I, has the stuff. Yeah, the
3: and stuff. I think he will. I think Ryan has that ability mm-hmm. to kind of you know, recalibrate, figure it out, deal with the deal with the uh, radar gun mm-hmm. um but you know if, if if they're not able to put it together at the plate then it will you know all be for naught so i feel like just them adding one more crucial hitter mm-hmm. uh, to their lineup mixing in there will will be really important for them mm-hmm. and i and it i think it's kind of similar to um the cobras as well now i don't think the cobras need as much help hitting mm-hmm. but um they're always you know, similar to the Magic have been in the past. Like, I feel like they're just one piece away yeah. um, from being in that contention. You know, All of these teams now in the league are, are really great and, and have a shot to win the World Series, some mm-hmm. more than others, I think. But uh, I think the Cobras, if they can just pick up one more sort of guy who just has that it factor you yeah, know, on their true. team, they could be a really, really dangerous team because they, sh- they showed their hitting, especially late at the end of the mm-hmm. season, how good they can be. Hitting So if they're, you know, able to maybe pick up a solid pitcher to kind of support Drew mm-hmm. a little bit, they could go from a team that, you know, might not have it all put together this year to a team that is contending for the World Series next year.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Drew Davis quietly had a very good season last very year. Very good season. I mean, I think some of the big MLW fans noticed that just from his numbers alone. You know, he had a lot of home runs, hit for average, pitched well. But, um, you know, the Cobras just can't seem to put it all together and really yeah. put together a championship season. So they make the playoffs this year, a step in the right direction compared to 2020, but still not enough for this Cobras franchise. This Cobras fan base is dying for a championship, dying. or at least another World Series appearance, you know what I mean? Yeah. So Drew has the talent. I think he's another guy that can be affected, you know, by little things, like, such as maybe a radar gun or a call not going his way. You know, he's a guy that's known to be very emotional, which plays in his favor, mm-hmm. um, I think, a day where it played in his favor was against um, the Magic. He had like four home runs off a of bottom. That was mm-hmm. just pure, that's pure confidence, you know what I mean? Yeah. And he has the talent to do that. But I think he can also get down on himself and frustrated, and that can affect him negatively. So if he can avoid those, you know, one or two bad innings in big, big games, I don't see why they couldn't make it to the World Series this year. Yeah, I, I think so. I agree with Baranowski that. Baranowski also um, had, a, had a decent showing last year. I wouldn't say he was elite in this league, but a decent showing. And he's been putting in a lot of work. Since the MLW season ended, he's playing in other leagues, other tournaments around the country, and he's performing very well. Yeah. So he's a good player. I think he just needs to get more acclimated to the MLW style of play. Yeah,
3: I thought he was a great draft pick for them. Mm -hmm. I think that um, he's going to be one of those guys that has a big sophomore year. Yeah. Um, I think that he can really, if he can solidify himself on the mound, uh, Mm -hmm. they'll be a dangerous team.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. Totally agree. All right, it is now time for the Cue of the Day. Q, Q, Q,
4: Q. of the Day.
1: For those of you who are new to Pipe It Up here, um, every single episode we do a Q of the Day where a fan can submit a question to us for Jack and myself, but MLW in general it can be a personal question, whatever. We like to just talk about it and have a little discussion. So today we're actually welcoming on a fan, Cameron O'Keefe, to Pipe It Up. Cameron, thanks for joining us.
4: No problem, guys. Thanks for having me.
1: So, what question do you have for us today?
4: Okay, so my my first question for Tommy would be: so we have the you guys finished four eleven four and eleven in the in this again. year this year. You missed the like. I'm not trying to beat you down or anything. It's all good. <laughs> Don't worry. So my question for you is: you have the first overall pick in the draft. What are you? Are you going to go after pitching, or are you going to go after hitting, utility player? Who are you going, do you have any idea how you're going to approach this draft?
1: It's a good question, and believe it or not, actually, Caden and I kind of just discussed how important this draft pick is, um, and I feel the pressure from the fan base to make a good decision here. Um, I don't think people were pleased with Caden's performance last year. I, would, I don't think he was or myself was either, but I still think Caden has so much potential to be a great player in this league. So this year at number one. Um, We're returning Caden and myself. We also still have Brendan Davenport on our roster. But I really want to add just some firepower. You know what I mean? Um, And to be completely honest with you, at number one overall, I don't think there's any reason why we can't get a guy who can do both. I want a guy who can be a potential starting pitcher in this league and can also be a phenomenal hitter. It's way easier said than done, but we've seen guys like Chris Cheatham, Jimmy Norp come out of draft classes, Baranoski, who can do both. So I think when you're in the top three picks – of this draft, I think that's what you have to have your eyes on, is a guy who can who can do both, right? Um, now, if I had to choose one or the other, I'd probably go with an elite hitter, to be honest. I feel like that's been the reason why we haven't been able to get over the hump um, in seasons prior to last year, was we just couldn't get the big hits in the postseason. And then last year, we were just, you know, we are getting blanked, putting up zeros a couple times. So... I have faith in myself to become a good pitcher again, and I think Caden has potential too. He's a very good pitcher from uh, you know, a more fast-pitch competitive standpoint, so I think he can develop into MLW style too. So if I had to choose, I'd say I would want a absolutely dynamic hitter, but I want a guy who can do both.
4: Very interesting. Very interesting. But good
1: question. Good question.
4: Okay, so Jack, you, got, you managed to acquire Trevor Bonham from the Mallards, right? That's correct. And not only not only that, but he not only has he displayed being a great pitcher, but he's also a really good hitter. And honestly, I felt so, I feel so bad for Vaughn not winning the Cy Young Award this
1: year. It's tough. It's tough competition. It's tough, yeah.
4: I yeah, that, like Jimmy Nor, you know, he was such a great pitcher won the MVP, like all those accolades this year. I mean, really really historic really historic season. Congratulations to him. But if there's anyone I wanted to win the Cy Young Award, it would have been Bonham. I I swear.
3: I was definitely pulling for Bonham. I think uh, I think there was a lot of great competition. Uh, Jimmy, that that award was was well earned for him, well deserved. Um, but mm-hmm. you know, I know Trevor will be in the talks next year, and I'm excited that he's in yeah. purple. That's for sure.
4: So do you? So Jack, do you do you feel confident? How confident are you? Trevor Bond going into this year
3: I'm very confident for him I think that um you know we've kind of touched on it on this show before but uh it was it was a win for him morale wise to to come to the magic just because he's playing with some of his friends now that he's known um you know that he's grown up with uh so I think just the comfortability with that and um as he just builds his confidence, uh, builds off last season, his postseason that he had, uh, I'm I'm really excited for him. I think he's going to have a great year, and he's going to impress a lot of people next year.
4: Yeah, I, I definitely agree. I definitely agree. You, I mean, he, with how good he did and with how good he did this year and, you know, going becoming almost a Cy Young contender, like he led the league in strikeouts at one point. Yes, if I, am did. I correct?
3: Yes, he did. I, I believe, yeah. right? Yeah.
4: And then Nick Sailor, Nick Sailor, coming coming into this year, not only hitting dingers like every day, like <laughs> almost every series he was in, he had the potential. And I, I get Kyle said this at one point. He has the potential. He had the potential to lead the entire league in ERA. Like I feel like I feel like if Sailor can develop some some other pitches, I feel like he has a very solid shot at winning a signing sign award somewhere along the line.
3: Yeah, absolutely. If he's able to to build up his arsenal a little bit uh, moving into next year, I think he, you know he showed he could be dangerous on the mound. So I think he certainly yes. could be in the conversation next year.
1: Yeah. Cool. Well, thanks for the questions, Cameron. Really appreciate you coming on the show. Uh, congratulations for being a part of this special edition of Pipe It Up. And uh, thank you,
4: thank you. I'm very very honored to be here. It's yeah. my favorite podcast, and to, just to oh, be on awesome. it is so on, so awesome.
1: Cool, Appreciate so guys, that, thank man. you so much
4: for this. For the, thank you so much for the opportunity, guys. I really appreciate it.
1: Yeah, thanks for tuning in week after week. Appreciate it, and uh, hey, go Mallards, baby! <laughs> <laughs>
4: uh, I'm a I'm a Dbacks fan, so ah, good, another good one year, of those good good guys.
1: For you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll talk so- to you.
4: Yeah, don't worry, don't worry, Tommy. Whenever the mallards play, I'll, I'll rip you guys. Don't cool. worry.
1: Thank you. Appreciate it. You know all the fans I can get right now. They're they're few and far between. So uh, thanks again, Cameron. We'll uh, talk to you soon. All right. Thanks again, Cameron, for calling into the show. Um, we're now going to conclude this special edition of Pipe It Up with a little interview from someone who does some work for MLW. So while on the line with us now, we have Cole Story. Cole, thanks for joining us today.
2: Thanks for having me
1: um cool i've never actually talked to you or seen you in person but we've communicated from time to time uh on instagram as you've done some work for us but tell us about yourself for the fans listening and watching um what do you what's your background what do you do
2: i'm cole story i'm from marietta georgia um started taking graphic design classes in high school i took like classes one two and then four i got to skip three (laughs) cool So, so like My dad does the graphics for like the football team, whatever sports, whatever up at the high school. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of how I got introduced to it and just fell in love with it.
1: That's cool. That's really cool. So So yeah, Cole has done some graphic design for MLW stuff, including some things you've seen on Instagram for us, for our posts, um, some tournament logos, um, some alternate team logos, stuff like that. So what I want to know is you already mentioned kind of how you got started in graphics with your dad and being involved in sports and that kind of thing but um what actually how did you find mlw and then how did you actually get your foot in the door and get involved with us
2: so i'm sure like a lot of people you guys have seen you guys have seen it's like oh i found you guys like during lockdown started mm-hmm. watching all that mm-hmm. so i like binge watched two three seasons um knowing i'm wanting to get into the graphic graphic design sports marketing business i kind of reached out to kyle mm-hmm. it's like hey i'm not looking for like any pay or anything i'm just Wanting to work with you guys, get exposure, whatever, kind of build up a resume. Mm-hmm. He says, "Like, well, we're not looking for a guy right now, but we'll hook, we might hook up with you later." Mm-hmm. So an entire year goes by, and then he reaches out about the get north shirt. Mm-hmm. That was the first thing I did. Yep. So I, I feel like that That's was kind of so cool. like my test, my interview.
1: <laughs> that was your That's test. so <laughs> awesome, <laughs> and you passed. That's one of our best selling tees, I believe. So um, you're, I guess mm-hmm. it worked out for you too that Jimmy became a very popular player, even more so than when that shirt came out. So yeah. I love that t-shirt, too. I think it's so funny to see guys wearing it around, fans wearing it. It's so funny. That's,
3: that shirt's sure legit.
1: But um, So you started with the Get Norb shirt. You get your foot in the door with Kyle. Um, Kyle likes the design. I remember you sent us a few templates. We all reviewed them. Went with the one that ended up being sold on the website. Um, so that goes well for you. I'm sure you're excited. But um, since then, you've done some other work for us. So what do you think is your actual favorite MLW graphic you've designed so far?
2: The one I just did... As far as like Instagram graphics, my favorite is the uh, Jimmy Norp Awards one that
1: I just did. Oh, that was cool. Yeah, I'll pop up on the screen right now. That was a very good one. Mm-hmm. And how long does something like that take you?
2: Um, I don't know, some are relatively quick. I can get it done like 30, 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. And then some of the more complex ones, shoot, I'll lose track of time. And all of a sudden, I spent <laughs> four hours on it. So, yeah.
1: I mean, that happens to me too, trust me. I do some very rarely and occasionally I'll do some stuff for our Instagram or for like promo videos. And yeah, I'm super slow too, but it seems like you've got it down to where you can make stuff in a half hour from time to time. So I'm sure like anything Mm -hmm. else, the more you do it, the better and more efficient you get at it. So, um, yeah. So you talked about how you're kind of building your resume right now. Um, what's like, this is a great thing to have. Obviously we'd be happy to, you know, give you any kind of recommendation you want to try to get, you know, internship, job, whatever, but what is your end goal? Do you have that in mind yet, or you just know you love graphics and you kinda wanna see where it takes you?
2: It's kind of the see where it takes me right now, because I'm mm-hmm. I'm at a bit of bit of a crossroads in life. Okay. But for a while it was like I always wanted to be a graphic designer for like the Braves, Falcons, Panthers, whatever, just a, a pro sports organization. Yeah. And then now it's kinda of, kinda of a little up in the air. Still want to get into that, into that sports world. Mm-hmm. We'll I mean, see where it takes me.
1: And I'm sure it's not easy, like a lot of things are in life. But um, I saw a cool story on Twitter earlier this season. I think it was like a graphics design intern or something like that who was working mm-hmm. for the Los Angeles Rams. I'm not sure if you saw this or not. But mm-hmm. he had passed along a message or saw a message where he was like copied on asking the graphic designer for the team to try to submit designs to the end zone for SoFi Stadium. So this intern, yeah, lower all level all employee, yeah, he created one himself and submitted it kind of on a whim. And then he went out there the next day and just saw his end zone plastered on the field. So I think just things like that, like how this opportunity kind of worked out for you where you just kind of shot a shot and took a little bit of a risk just to see what would happen and it worked out for him. So um, I wish you the best of luck on your little graphic design journey. Um, No doubt you have some talent. We like the stuff you do for us. And I think uh, it just takes one opportunity. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's
2: all it takes. It takes reaching out to someone on Instagram DMs, and it might take a year before they get back to you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. you got to put yourself out there. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So I think a lot of our fans can learn that. So, yeah, you said you reached out to Kyle um, just through Instagram. Have you ever reached out to other like content creators or anything like that? Or what advice do you have on like a cold call or something like that for our other listeners who are interested in trying to work with us or other you know big creators on YouTube?
2: Um, before I reached out to you guys, I reached out to Como.
1: Okay. Yeah. It's kind
2: of the same thing. It's like, hey, we like your work. You just don't kind of don't have room for you right now. Hmm. I mean, I never heard back from them, but that happens. You got to shoot your shot a couple times before one lands. So. Yeah. Exactly. So you got. You got to keep trying. You Got to keep putting yourself out there.
1: Yeah, I think I love how you to you specifically and other MLW fans I've seen. I love when people like you can tell put a lot of effort into making like a graphic or some kind of stat like infographic type thing. And just send it to us, mm-hmm. like, without expecting anything in return. They'll share something like that with us, and then we, we may end up reposting it on our channel, that kind of thing. So I think that's another piece of advice, too, is don't always try to... If someone tells you no, you can always just go ahead and do it anyway, you know what I mean? <laughs> and then send it to them and see if they ever see it. So, and not only that, but just the reps of doing things like that, of actually, like, trying to make some kind of graphic to make it look professional and good enough mm-hmm. to show to someone maybe you're nervous to see it. That'll make you get better at it, too, so... Well, Cole, I look forward to uh, working with you in the future. I actually have a uh, opportunity I want to chat with you about here after this, uh, after this podcast. So um, we'll stay in touch, and I know you'll continue to do some good work for us. All right. Sounds good. Thank you guys for having me. No problem. Thanks, Cole. Thanks. All right. All right. Thanks again to Cole for that phone call, for that interview. It's good to know him and actually put a name to a face for once. Um, check, out, check him out on uh, Instagram. I believe he has a personal account and a graphic design account. I'll link both on the screen right now. Uh, besides that, that's kind of a wrap, Jack. Anything else you wanted to include today?
3: Uh, I don't think I have anything, really. It was really cool to change it up a little bit. A little different environment here for the Pipe It Up pod. Had a lot of good guests on here. Yeah, so it, was, it was
1: a jam-packed episode. It was exciting, um, yeah. No no, uh, no time for any crazy stories or anything like that. Nothing too exciting happened to me, to be honest. I was talking about this mark on my face. Oh, right. It's a l- little embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> but... I actually, so I, I've done some weird sports lately. I went, I went we went curling yeah. over winter break, and then um, my cousin, uncle, and I just yesterday went, uh, like, on, like, a sporting clay course. Okay. You know, talking about, like, shooting. Yeah. Like, skeet shooting or whatever mm-hmm. you call that. So I'd never done that before. I have shot before, but just, like, at a range, you know, just mm-hmm. at targets, never at moving clays. And uh, I have a good shot, I'll be honest, I have a good shot. Like, with a BB gun or anything, I'm always super, I've always been, like, the best in my family at that, mm-hmm. my extended family. So I go with my uncle, who does this quite often, and my cousin. This is my first time. So, you know, the first, like, couple stations, I was, like, stiff as a board, like, doing the easy clays only. and I was hitting them. I was doing good. Mm -hmm. But then I started getting to the more advanced clays in, like, the fifth and sixth station. It was, like, a 14-station thing. Mm -hmm. So I probably shot, like, four per station. I probably shot, like, uh, 60 or so throughout the whole day. I ended up with 41% accuracy. Pretty good. I was best wow. in the group. I was best in the group. Wow. Some of them are hard. That's including the ones that are, like, whizzing past you. Yeah. So what I was saying is the first, like, advanced clay I attempted to do was one that went, yeah, straight left to right. And it was so fast, I, like, moved the gun, and then it kicked back. And it oh. Hit the I hit the clay, too. Nice. I hit the clay, too. Nice. But it was just, like, it nicked. You got something it. to it just, show it for it, then. Yeah, it just nicked it a bit. So a little embarrassing rookie mistake. But after that point, I was kind of starting with the gun lower. And after that, I started with my armpit every time and never had any issues. Well, the clay
3: but. ended up a lot more busted than your face Oh, did, for sure, so for sure. You, I think you won but that battle. it was battle. funny
1: because when I got home, my mom was like, oh, what happened to your face? And I was like, oh, it's from the shotgun. And she was like, I think she shot. Like I thought I grazed myself with like a oh. bullet. <laughs> no, no, no. I was like, "It's just the recoil <laughs> oh, It was hilarious. so funny. Could you imagine? Yeah, I just grazed a little off the chin. You been, you've been getting you know, active
3: here with the alternative I, I sports. Been I love it.
1: I, that was fun, but... I mean, I agree, it's like dangerous. It's like, is it worth the risk? You know what I mean? So, but I had a good time doing it. It was fun. I like shooting, it's, it's a fun thing to do. But anyway, that's how I got this mark on my face. We'll see how long it takes nice. to go. I think it's a good look. I think it makes me look tough. What do you think?
3: I think it looks great. I my, mean, might as
1: well scar up and be there forever. You know yeah.
3: I mean? <laughs> <laughs> it's so fitting that the first video podcast we do, you get hit in the face with oh, a shotgun. It's
1: okay. It's not bad. It's really small looking. No. But I remember some scars are, this would be a little much, I guess, on my face. But one time my dog, like, scratched me really bad it was on my arm. It looked pretty cool, but it went away. I was disappointed. Yeah, was, scars That'd be, are That'd dope. be a good scar. Scars I have this little cool. forehead dent. You can zoom in on that thing. No, I was just kidding. But I have a little dent in my forehead because when I was a kid, I was one time running around in my grandma's living room and tripped and fell and hit their fireplace like oh, stone. Yeah. Split my head open. My parents yep. were not there. I was being babysat, and they didn't take me to the hospital, so it just left this little...
3: Yep, my Actually, little sister's got a very similar one. We used to call her Harry Potter cuz it came right across her like thing oh, like really? this. Yeah, And uh it was like kind of a similar thing. She fell off the bed and hit her head on the mm-hmm. corner of the bed frame. Mm-hmm. I that was some of the most blood I've ever seen honestly. Oh, and I don't it was know. a very was young like, child. I was
1: like 2 when this happened, so I have no memory yeah. of it. But um I do know that I have the visible scar on my forehead as well. As if you feel my head, I have a like a horizontal dent in my skull. <laughs> I'm not kidding. It's like a ridge. It's like my little ridge in the middle. So if you ever meet little me in crevasse person, in the middle feel free of your forehead. to touch my head and feel my ridge. But yeah, that's probably why I ended up so stupid. I hit my head as a child. <laughs> but <laughs> but uh, no, nah, we should wrap it up. Uh, it's been a good show. It's been um, a great show. Definitely an interesting transition that feels weird with the cameras looking at us. Um, yeah. It was cool. Nice little setup down here. Got our nice little MW flag.
3: Loving it. And uh, repping the Lions. Go Lions. Go Lions.
1: Yeah, t- we're, filming we'll this on, we're filming this on the Sunday of week 18. So the yeah. last day of NFL football. But I'm sure you guys will see this probably about in a month or so. We'll see. But it's been a lot of fun. Thanks to our guests. Thanks to Caden. Thanks to Cameron. Thanks to Cole. Thanks to our production crew, a.k.a. Kyle Schultz back there behind the camera. And uh, let us know in the comments what you guys thought of this. Um, our first time ever recording one. I'm sure I'll be miserable by the time this comes out with all the editing I had to do to get this ready. <laughs> But hopefully it's worth it and you guys like it. So feel free to drop a comment. Let us know what you thought. Um, leave a like if you enjoyed. Be sure to check us out on anywhere you listen to your podcasts per usual, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all that kind of stuff. So um, check us out. And other than that, I think that's a wrap. Peace that's out, wrap, guys. folks. <laughs>